We turn to number 119b in our Trinity Psalter hymnal as we prepare to hear God's word tonight. Number 119b, how shall the young direct their way? What light shall be their perfect guide? Your word, O Lord, will safely lead if in its wisdom they confide. We're going to sing both verses 119b. Let's stand together as we sing. Tonight, God's Word comes to us from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 25. We're going to begin our reading at verse 31 of this chapter and then read to the end of the chapter. Exodus 25 beginning at verse 31. What we hear now is God's word. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be made of hammered work, its base, its stems, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it. And there shall be six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself there shall be four cups made like almond blossoms, with their calyxes and flowers and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out from the lampstand. Their calyxes and their branches shall be of one piece with it, the whole of it a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. And you shall make seven lamps for it, 
and the lamps shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. Its tongs and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made with all these utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we are continuing to study the uh, Old Testament tabernacle and its furnishings. Uh, we saw at the beginning of this series that the tabernacle is actually patterned after heaven itself. So if you want to know what heaven looks like, we tell you the tabernacle. And we saw it also reveals to us pictures of the work of Jesus Christ. We have looked at the first section of the tabernacle. Uh, that outer courtyard, which contained the bronze altar for burnt offering and the bronze basin for washing. And we talked about how both of these are pictures of the washing away of our sin. Now we are moving from the courtyard into the holy place. This is the place where only the priests could go. And in this holy place, there were three furnishings. There was a table with bread, there was an incense altar, and there was the lampstand. So we'll look at these three furnishings tonight and the next two weeks together. Uh, tonight, looking at the golden lampstand and how this once again points us to the work of Jesus Christ. What I'm going to say next is certainly not profound, uh, but it is important. And that is where the lampstand was located. The lampstand was not in the courtyard. That outer section where there was altar and basin. There was no need for a lampstand there. That was outside. We saw how this, this uh, entrance in the courtyard was all part of the, the uh, approach to God, but the lampstand isn't in the courtyard. The lampstand isn't outside the courtyard. The lampstand isn't in the camp in general. That camp in general was accessible to everyone, Jews and Gentiles alike. It's not in the outside of the courtyard. When I um, start my sermon preparation, I have a blank tablet in front of me and, and just start writing down various themes or ideas or thoughts as I'm working through the text. And thinking about this text and the lampstand and the light, I wrote myself a little note off to the side in the margin, uh, Jesus is the light of the world. Now that's certainly true. Jesus is the light of the world. We learn about that in the Gospel of John. But the more I thought about that, that's not what's being taught in this text. Not every text teaches every truth. If the lampstand was outside, out of the courtyard, out in the camp, we'd say, yeah, this is a picture of Jesus, the light of the world. But that's not what's going on here. The lampstand's not in the courtyard. The lampstand's not outside the courtyard. The lampstand is in the holy place. The place where the priest would go to carry on his work. 
And again, what I'm going to say now is certainly not profound, perhaps overtly obvious, but also important. The lampstand gave light to that place. Uh, True, there may have been some ambient light coming in through some of the curtains we talked about in the first sermon together, but, but in order for the priests to do their work, they needed to have light. These lampstands, this light provided a context in which the priest could do their ministry. The lampstand gave light so that ministry could go on. We think of the work of Jesus Christ and, and his ministry and how he continues to give us light so that ministry can go on. How does Jesus do that today? How does he give light so that ministry can take place? Jesus gives us light through his holy word. His word is that which which gives light, instruction, direction, so that ministry may go on. In the word, we learn how to serve God. It is a light for us. The word of God given to the people of God. And we think of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, when he says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. Where do we find the light of the knowledge of the glory of God? It comes to us through the word of God. The word given to us so that service, so that ministry may go on and may continue. Jesus gives us light through his holy word. The lampstands gave light so that ministry could take place. We read about the the look of these lampstands. Verse 33 They have three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on one branch, and three cups like almond blossoms with a calyx and flower on the other branch. Again, we read from verse 34, and on the lampstand itself there should be four cups made like almond blossoms with calyxes and flowers. Made like almond blossoms. And I hope when you think and hear that about almond blossoms in the context of the tabernacle, another story comes to your mind. A story that is given to us later in Scripture in Numbers chapter 17. There was a question with regard to who would be the priests over God's people. 
And so they had one uh, person from each tribe bring a staff. And they would put those staffs inside the tent of meeting. And through that, God would determine who would be the priests. We read in verse uh, 8 of uh, number 17, On the next day Moses went into the tent of the testimony, and behold, the staff of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms and bore ripe almonds. Almonds as a picture of new life. Almond trees were the first trees to blossom in Israel when the season began. Almonds were a picture of new life, of something living, something active. And again, a very appropriate symbol for the Word of God. How does the author of Hebrews describe God's Word? It is living and active. The Bible is not some old, dead story, but it is the living Word of God, which is why it's so important for us to spend time in that living Word. That that, uh, when we find ourselves at home, perhaps with a, a couple minutes of spare time, the first thing we do is not plop down in the lazy boy and put on the television. But we go to that living Word. And take in that glorious word and be be encouraged, be strengthened by it. That's why it's so important to come to worship, to hear the living preaching of the word. The preaching of the word is the focus of our service because here is where the life is. The preaching of the word is the tool the Holy Spirit uses, like we talked about this morning, to bring those who are dead to life those from darkness into light through the preaching, the living preaching of this powerful, active Word. And that's the Gospel that goes out again this evening. Put your faith in the Jesus Christ of the Gospel, the Gospel that that points out His glory, His majesty, His grace. Trust in Him and know life. Be be born again by the power of the Spirit through the preaching of the Word. This, This light is given that church ministry may go on. The Word of God, important for us, an appropriate symbol of life and being being brought up living. The the description of the uh, of the almonds have to do with uh, blossoms and calyxes and these different, these different stages of growth for the almonds. And that's significant too. The Word of God is for every stage of our life. Kids, the Word of God is for you. That's why you go to Sunday school in the morning, and I had a chance to go and be with you in Sunday school this morning, and we talked about a text in the Word of God. When we are young, it's important to hear the Word of God, to memorize the Word of God, and kids, that's why you're here tonight, because you need to hear this Word. The church is not just your parents' church or your grandparents' church. It is your church. You belong here 
to, to be enlightened by this Word. The Word is for every stage of life. When we are young, when we are, when we are in our high school years, facing all kinds of decisions, all kinds of challenges, when we're uh, perhaps in our um, early married years and making decisions for our life, uh, in our adult years, uh, for those who are mature in the faith, for all of us, we never outgrow the Word of God. We never get to a point where we can say, this no longer speaks to my life. The Word of God is appropriate for every part of our life and for every time in our life. It is a lamp that gives light. Verse 37, and the lamp shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. God's Word gives light. And we think of Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We just sang uh, that first portion of Psalm 119. How shall the young direct their way? Thy word, O Lord, will safely lead if in its wisdom they confide. The word is a light to us. It directs us, it guides us, it shows us how we are to live to bring glory to God. Because, because it is God's Word. It is the very Word of God. We sometimes describe the Word with, uh, with uh, descriptions like inspired or infallible or inerrant, and all those are very, very good descriptions of the Word of God. But don't forget, it is the very Word of God. It is the Word of God written. And as such, it is faithful, it is unchanging, it is trustworthy. It is a word that is sufficient to teach us all that we need to know. The beginning of verse 37, you shall make seven lamps for it. This lampstand with seven lamps on it. And again, not a stretch to see stat number seven there as a, as a picture of the fullness, the completion, all the light necessary. All the light necessary to get the work done. God has given us in his holy word all the light necessary for us to live in a way that is pleasing to him, for it is the very word of God. We read in 2 Peter chapter 1, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God. It is His Word. Powerful, living, active, a light, a sufficient light that directs us in our life. And this lampstand, this light, was used by the priests uh, at a particular time uh, if you want to turn over one chapter to Exodus 27, we have one more facet of this lampstand, and that, that is the oil 
that goes in the lamps. In Exodus 27, verse 20. 27, verse 20. We read there, You shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light, that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. In the tent of meeting, outside the veil that is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to be observed throughout their generation by the people of God. They will tend this light from evening until morning. Now, it's true that that phrase, evening until morning, is sometimes used just to refer to a day. But think of that, from evening until morning. There would be no ambient light coming in at that time. It would be necessary to have light. The, the lamps would be lit and give their, their particular uh, use after the natural light of day had ended and until the natural light of day returned. Now, they burned all the time, but especially in that time, after the natural light of day had ended and until the natural light of day returned. And this, too, is a pointer to the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, he says in John chapter 9, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We know that in Jesus' first advent, he came to bring light. We talked about that in our Advent series a couple months ago. And we know that, that he will come again. And, and that light will return. But between the ending of that light and the return of that light, we are called to bear witness to the light. After the natural light of day has gone away, and until that natural light returns, in the meantime, Jesus says, while I'm in the world, I am the light. But he went away. And now, we are those who are to bear the light. That is our obligation. Jesus teaches that at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. While Jesus was in the world, he was that perfect light, but he has gone away but he's left himself a faithful witness. He has left the church to, to reflect his light 
to others. How have we done as reflectors of the light? Have we taken the glorious truth that we know, the the beauty and the light of God's holy living word, and put it under a bushel, under a basket, hidden it? Or have we taken this glorious, powerful, living word on our own lips, in our own mouths, and spoke that word to those around us? First of all, of course, speaking that word to our children, teaching them the light of Jesus Christ. But beyond that, taking that word to a dark and hurting world. To a world that lives in the darkness and they don't even realize it at times. Until the bright light of the word of God is shed upon their lives. We have the great privilege of being involved in that light ministry. An obligation is those who know the one who came as light of the world will come again as light of the world and in the meantime has left us to be reflectors of his light. The golden lampstand. A beautiful picture of the ongoing work of Jesus Christ. That light that shines through the living Word of God. That light which allows ministry to continue because it is a light that then guides our steps, is shown upon our path to teach us how we should live. And it's a light that is given to us that we might show the glory of God to others in the things that we say, in the things that we do. Oh, we praise God for the glorious light of the lampstand, the glorious light of Jesus Christ through his ministry and through his word. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, how we thank you and praise you for the glorious pictures you give us in your word. These uh, records of how the tabernacle was constructed, not just uh, for uh, our interest in history or in construction, but they are pictures, pointers to the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, what He has done for us, and how we, because of that work, are now obligated to you and obligated to Him. For God, if we have taken the glorious light of the gospel and hidden that, we ask you would forgive us and that you would open our mouths and we might declare the glorious truth, the life-giving word to those whom you put in our path. For truly, O oh God, your word is light and it is life. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.